the Lax Factor Podcast. What is up, Section 4 lacrosse fans? You are watching the first episode of the new Section 4 Lax uh, podcast. You can go to section4lax.com where we'll always have a companion piece to every podcast with a big write-up about the games that we're going to talk about. Today, we're going to talk about Johnson City taking on Saratoga Springs. We're going to talk about Main Endwell hosting Horseheads, and we'll talk about Elmira Notre Dame and Oneana. Those are the games that were played on Saturday, at least that I could find information on. If you are watching this and you are a coach, parent, whatever in this area... Please hit me up with any information you have. The the coaches at this point don't all know that I'm doing this at this point. I have a bunch of contacts in the area and coaches that I do know personally that are well aware, but there's still coaches in the area and teams that might not be aware. So if your team does not get me information or if I can't find information about your team, they will not get covered. Anything that you want to send, pictures, video clips, just tidbits and things of what what you thought of the game or the outcome, please get a hold of me. You can go to section4lax.com, go to the contact page. My contact information will be there, and you can reach out with information about games, players, all that crap. We'll cover every team as in-depth as we're able to based on the information that people provide. So that's the first pitch here. A little bit of history. I started when I was like 22, 23 years old. I was coaching at Shenango Forks. I started the section4lax.com website back then. And uh, Inside Lacrosse had gotten behind it at the time. Uh, Bob Carpenter, the publisher and owner of Inside Lacrosse, was a Vestal guy. So he supported it, and he was one of the first sponsors. And back then, I mean, you didn't need a whole lot of sponsors to make it worth your time when you're a 22, 23-year-old dude. So we did that. Uh, it was very well received. Manufacturers even got behind it and donated a, a apparel and equipment to give away to the players for end of the year awards and things of that sort. So it was excellent. And then humble brag, I actually won a U.S. Lacrosse Man of the Year award for that back when I was like 22, 23 years old because it was so well received by the community, specifically, obviously, the lacrosse community. It was a really uncomfortable day because I was at the coaches meeting where they voted between myself and Frank Welsh, the longtime Ithaca lacrosse coach. Uh, I was up for the Section 4 Lax website. He was nominated for the turkey shoot, for running uh, the turkey shoot. I think at that point it was still, you know, in its first couple years of, of – um, it was in its infancy, as we would say at that point. So, yeah, we got, I had to sit there and watch as the coaches were dead split between the Western-based Section 4 coaches against the Eastern-based Section 4 coaches. And lucky for me, there was more Eastern coaches that knew me and what I was doing with that website, and I ended up winning the award that year. Enough about that dopeness. Let's dive into the games that we're going to talk about here. As I said, we've got Johnson City, Main Endwell, and Notre Dame all picking up wins in uh, their opening weekends here. And Johnson City against Saratoga Springs at a neutral site in Oneana. JC jumped out to a 7-1 lead against Class A Saratoga Springs on Saturday. Saratoga Springs did battle back, and they got to within two goals on two separate occasions. But both times that happened, the Johnson City defense stood tall. Uh, Chris uh, Kozlowski, he stood tall in cage. He ended up with 17 saves on the day, and they were the offense. You know, the defense got enough stops that the JC offense was able to kind of get that separation back, get that up to a three-four goal cushion again, before then allowing Saratoga Springs that kind of final comeback. It wasn't as close as the score would have indicated here, outside of when it got back to seven to five, eight five, and then I think it did get back to eight six before JC went on that run, and I think they were up, up about eleven eight or so uh, at the point that. Saratoga Springs scored two late goals to get back into it. DJ Near, he finished his game with four goals and three helpers. Near had a hand in each of JC's first five goals, and that was a big reason that the Wildcats were able to jump out on top early. 
I believe he started the game with those three dishes, and then he ended up scoring two goals uh, over the course of the first five. He actually had a hand in those first five goals. I want to say he may have even had a hand in six of the first eight goals overall, but Nier had a big day. Uh, Traeger, Lombardini, he chipped in four goals on the day for JC. A lefty, good-looking attackman, and I think what I saw a little bit here in this Saratoga Springs game versus what I saw out of him the season prior is it looks like he's dodging with the ball a little bit more. He was kind of a lefty shooter. Would always He'd be good at kind of scatting three to five steps and score. But I, when I saw him play, he was doing a lot of kind of spot shooting and, you know, minor dodges off of off of scenarios where you know Jay, one of JC's you know big big cats would draw a slide he'd end up getting the ball banged to him on the opposite side and he'd kind of just dodge to the middle quickly and, and get shots off but uh, a very good left-handed shooter I even saw him kind of dodge to the cage a couple of times with his right hand. I think he scored his first goal of the game right-handed on a feed from near. May have been the second goal of the game. I believe that was. So the, the more he develops, because I believe he's only a sophomore. I could be wrong. There's there's not very much information out there on the Section 4 teams. I'm trying to put together rosters so that all of the information about every team, players, numbers, all of that crap will be up on the website because as I'm trying to cover them, I can't even find that information. It's not readily available even after reaching out to coaches. So moral of the story, though, I believe he's just a sophomore. The more he develops, the better that will be for Nier and his production overall. But over, JC put put it together. The, the offense plays well around Nier dodging. Uh, and I know that, especially at the high school level, uh, one of the things that the parents and the people who follow the high school sports hate is they hate it when you hype up one guy over the rest of the team. In a case like this, I'm not trying to do that. Partly, I don't even have a roster for JC. The other part here, though, is that Nier is really that good. He's going to be a serious problem for every team that JC faces this year overall. He had 34 goals, 44 helpers last season. And uh, after Saturday, it looks like he's just going to keep putting those numbers up over and over again. He's committed to Mercyhurst. Uh, is where he's going to play his college ball after this season. So moral of the story, good win for Johnson City. They beat a, a school much bigger than them. Uh, Saratoga Springs is a Class A school. Uh, they played well defensively overall. As I said, Kozlowski had 17 saves on the day. Looked really good. I think that one one key part of that game is the Johnson City defense was playing well at the, in the first quarter. And once Saratoga Springs settled in, I feel like Saratoga Springs was trying to play a little bit too cute early in the game, trying to feed the crease on, on occasions where they shouldn't have. They were trying to just get the perfect shot instead of just getting shots off. And, and over the course of that comeback bid, as they got back to within two goals on each of those two occasions, what they did was stop trying to be too careful with the ball, too careful with their shots. They just started letting it rip, started putting some outside shots past Kozlowski uh, because they had the they had time and room. Their hands were free and over the course of the first quarter at times. They were just choosing not to let those rip, feeding the crease in situations that maybe they would have been better off just you know, putting a shot on cage. Uh, so as they started putting shots on cage, that worked out well for them. But eventually the JC defense would settle down. Kozlowski was seeing the ball a little bit better. Ends up with 17 saves on the day, so a heck of a day for him. JC picks up the win, and they're on to the next. The next one we're going to talk about here is Maine Endwell. They played Horseheads at home. They end up needing overtime to win this one. Horseheads jumped out to a 3-1 lead by the end of the first quarter, and then it went back and forth a little bit. Emmy got back in it. They tied it up at three. I think Horseheads goes up 4-3 at one point. I believe Emmy even had a 5-4 lead, or maybe it was a 6-5 lead at one point in the game, but we fast forward to the end of the game. 
They bat, uh, the Spartans are down. They battle back from two goals down. They tie it up at sevens uh, over the course of the fourth quarter, resulting in overtime. And then enter Tyler Matthews. He hits the game-winning goal on the first possession of the extra period, nabbing the win for Emmy at home over you know local local rival Horseheads. They're both blue. You know, I think Emmy wears the blue a little bit better. I like the blue and the gold look a little bit more than I like the blue and the white look of Horseheads. But, you know, Horseheads has better rest- restaurants in town than Maine Endwell, than, uh, Endwell does overall. So they have that. Matthews, they finished, uh, he finished the game with four goals. Gabe Thompson, his teammate, puts up three goals and three assists for Maine Endwell. And then senior netminder Sam Totten, he stopped 12 shots versus seven goals. Hey, Sam Totten, I'm going to call you Sam Totten until someone corrects me. Sam, you can hit me up on Instagram or some crap and make sure that I'm not butchering your last name. Um, Tyler Matthews, here is the shot here. I'm just going to show this to you. I've probably already rolled it. Here is the shot of the game winner that Matthews buried. Oh, wait a minute. Nope. I'm sorry, folks. I put that on the wrong screen. Here is the shot of the game winner that Matthews buried. Pretty nice. And then you can see here a goal that he scored earlier that uh, Tyler Cunnington put up. Uh, if you want to, to uh, another place to follow Section 4 Lacrosse, go to Ty Cunnington TV here. He is the uh, Fox anchor, uh, the local uh, Fox News anchor, and he's a lacrosse guy. He is going to do a heck of a job covering high school lacrosse here. So anytime you want to see crap like this, which this is not the game-winning goal. This was one of his goals earlier on the day. But watch this one beautiful you know just look at him put put the brakes on turn around and rip it let's watch this again here i can i never get sick of watching dudes score sick goals boom look at that beautiful goal by matthew so obviously teams uh as you play man end well here through the rest of the season you don't want to let matthews have the ball in that area specifically as he hits that goal there earlier in the game and he hits the game winner that was almost a carbon copy of it outside he didn't have to roll back to hit the the game winner so a uh, hell of a shot here by tyler matthews good job main end picks up the win and they are also on to the next now the next game that we want to talk about here. And I don't have anything to roll, no highlights to roll or anything like that for this one, but it's Notre Dame. They opened with a 19-3 win over Oneana. Now, Notre Dame had a big day out of their two big cats. Shane Maloney goes for six goals, four helpers for a total of 10 points, and Kellen Murphy goes for five goals, four assists for a total of nine points. And, and, and Murphy put up his 100th career point in this game, and even better, Maloney his uh his big day put him puts him at just 99 points so he's one shy of 100 on his career so Notre Dame about to have two guys playing side by side here right now that are both over 100 career points for the Crusaders they end up beating Oneana pretty bad 19 to three as I said uh, another huge factor in that lopsided outcome was Kevin Green the faceoff guy for Notre Dame he won 17 of 17 faceoffs. Uh, at the dot. That's pretty insane. He also picks up 19 ground balls on the day. So Notre Dame defense did a good job projecting goalie eight or projecting, protecting goalie AJ Miller as he was only called upon to make six saves on the day. So heck of a job for, or I used to call them Elmira Notre Dame. I don't know if that's changed now. I know even when I was coaching at Forks and Whitney Point, we still considered them Elmira Notre Dame. I'm going to call them Notre Dame because it is just Notre Dame High School. So why would I have to qualify that with Elmira since you all know who I'm talking about? So 
that's it, folks. We have a bunch of games coming up here. There's a bunch of games being played today. I was hoping to hit one. Uh, the only one that I even have a shot at going to might be in a Wego, UE against a Wego. Everybody else is playing out west, as we'll call it here, in Section 4, uh, uh, Laxland. I know that we have somebody who is at Main Endwell's playing at Ithaca. I think there's a game going on at Watkins Glen. I think there's a game going on in Corning. Uh, I believe there might be one going on in Horsehead. So all of the games other than UE and a Wego are out west for me. So I think the big game that I'm going to try to hit, hit up this upcoming week, I think Vestal plays Corning. I believe that's at Vestal. I do want to end up seeing these two kids from Notre Dame do battle. They play at Binghamton this week. So I'll be at games. So if, like I said, if uh, you're a parent, coach, whoever you are that's watching this, if you have any information that you would like to share about any of the teams that you follow or that your kids play for, whatever it may be, please hit me up. You can go to section4lax.com, and that's the number four, section, the number four, lax.com. That'll be the home for all of this content here. If you want to watch watch the video podcast uh, every week, that's going to be every week on Tuesday. I'll put it up on the Lax Factor YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Lax Factor, and then it'll also be on, on Spotify or anywhere that you can get podcasts. If you find the Lax Factor podcast, it's going to be put up on the Lax, Lax Factor podcast channel. So uh, anywhere where you find podcasts, just look for Lax Factor podcast, Lax Factor Lacrosse podcast. And every Tuesday, we'll put the Section 4 podcast out here covering all of the games that I can possibly get information on. So that's it. I'm going to shut my mouth here now. Like I said, come back next Tuesday. And for 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 the most part, if you want to get the quick hit content, I think I'm going to kind of make most of this content live on Twitter. Twitter seems to be the better medium uh, for putting this stuff out here because I can put quick clips, quick highlights up, say quick things about the teams and all of that. So it's twitter.com forward slash laxfactor. Laxfactor is my handle for Twitter, and that's where all of this content will get pushed in terms of everything, every idea, every thought, every time one of the team Twitter accounts puts something out, I'm going to try to retweet it and uh, chirp everybody. So if you want to kind of figure out what's going on in uh, Section 4 Lacrosse, Hit me up on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter there because I think that will be the hub for where the bulk of things are going to be published and live beyond the website, section4lax.com. So that's it. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And come back next Tuesday. And Hoost is out. The Lax Factor Podcast.